What's up, church planters and church planting enthusiasts? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and fellow planter in arms, Matt Hess. What's going on, Matt? What's up, man? Not much, guys. You are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planter. So whether you're a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. Matt, man, how's your week going? What's been going on in your world? Dude, it's been good, man. Probably the most uh, exciting thing for us is uh, our seven-year-old daughter, Sienna, gave her life to Christ That's recently. That's pretty awesome. So that was pretty exciting, Doesn't man. get better than that, does it? Does not get better, man. So we have four kids and uh, two boys uh, both accepted Christ uh, last summer and Sienna recently. So that was really exciting, man. We've been, for probably about the past you know, three years, she's been asking a lot of questions and we've just been walking with her and walking with her. And um, so her favorite thing, man, for like the past three years, she always says, I want to see God. I want to really see God, you know? So, mm-hmm. so we've been uh, kind of drilling down. The Probably the biggest hurdle for us was uh, helping her understand what sin had done. You know, we'd talk about yeah. that and that was kind of a bit, bit of a confusion for yeah, her. Put, the, put the, the fear of the wrath of God into her heart, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Into her little, into her little nine-year-old heart. <laughs> yeah, seven-year-old. Yeah. Seven-year-old heart. Yeah, even worse. <laughs> yeah, that's right, man. So yeah, that's funny, man. Our nine-year-old Gavin, you know, Gavin, he was praying the other day and before church and in, in our, in our prayer time with our, our team. And he said, uh, God, let these people just fear you, fear the wrath of God. <laughs> And I said, yeah, man, we're doing something right. You Gavin's know? your mini-me. He's, yeah, uh, dude. He's going to be a preacher. Right? Yeah. It's been so obvious yeah. from like the time that I've known Gavin. Yeah, so, man. Man, it, you know, I know that Santa got saved, but I don't know what you guys are doing, but like your kids are like getting hurt and breaking legs dude. and burning their feet. Wow. Yeah, they went they went down to Memphis, man, on, on vacation. And like the first day there, Gavin gets like second degree burns. Uh, he kicks like a pile of ashes that he thought had just been there to cool down, and it burns the bottom of his foot. He's got to go to the emergency room. Poor guy. Yeah, then like the last night before they're flying back home, a ga- uh, Isaac puts on boxing gloves and like punches Gavin, and Gavin's- Gavin gets upset, you know, and he's about to start crying, and Isaac says, oh, what are you going to cry? <laughs> and and, and Gavin, Gavin, Gavin tackles him and falls on his leg and, and breaks his leg, man. Oh, man. That's yeah, so breaks his leg. And uh, <laughs> so I, Isaac is in a thigh-high cast right now. Uh, so man. crazy. Yeah, well, I um, I got a story to tell you. Yeah, um, man. I know that I kind of uh, clued you in on this Hit before me with we it. started. I'm, I'm literally so, on the edge of my seat. So we we planted, for those of you who don't know, we're in Oshawa, Ontario, and the we schwa. live in South Oshawa. It's, uh, it's affectionately known as the Dirty Schwa. Uh, and for good reason, There's uh, it's just an interesting place, to say the least. So there's a lot of crime and uh, just stuff like that. A lot of poverty around here, and you see, just see some weird stuff. Like there's some, yeah. there's some straight up crazy people here. Yeah. And I saw the most Oshawa. I saw the most schwa thing I've ever seen in my life yesterday. Oh what? So we were actually out in the harvest. We were going, yeah, uh, going sharing the gospel. We we're going door to door. We had uh, me and Jen right there with about four other people. Cool. Uh, from our church, and we were done, and we were at this intersection uh, over off of uh, Ritson Road, a road. And we were getting ready to cross the street to go back to our car. Yeah. And I see uh, this this van turning left with a car like right behind it. Like you could tell kind of riding his tail, you know, yeah. uh, look like some, you know, kind of a road rage thing. Uh-oh. Well, as they start to turn, uh, the guys in the car look and they have ski masks on. Get out of here. So 
obviously like that draws your attention. It, it has been cool here the past couple days. That's not, not, that, not that cold. <laughs> no, they did not oh have ski masks on because they're cold. And so like it, it wasn't like it was like um, it was like bandanas. Right. It's like Tupac, right? Yeah, yeah. You know Tupac. I'm sure you listen to Tupac. <laughs> where, where is this headed, man? <laughs> so anyways, they've got these bandanas. And so they start driving away from us. Yeah. And I'm watching because at this point I'm like, what the heck? And they're tailgating them. And yeah. then this car speeds up and pulls alongside the van and the dude in the passenger side gets like leans all the way out the passenger side window yeah. and at this point i'm thinking oh my gosh i'm about to witness somebody get murdered like yeah. because it's like it's what you would see if somebody were going to do a drive-by shooting right right and instead of pulling out a gun yeah no joke this guy pulls out a samurai sword what yes and starts wailing on this van while they're driving probably 50 to 60 kilometers an hour down the road. So, and I so, mean, so the car's driving next to the they're, van. They're right next to the van. I he's mean, he's hanging out the window doing and he's this. He's hanging out the window. And I mean, with like, a samurai sword. I, what? I know. I don't even know. I was like, I was like sitting there with my jaw open going. Drugs had really to have been involved. I, I don't know, man. And I like, so, first so, of all, so what happened? I have so many questions. First of all, why who, a sword? Who, why, who drives around with a samurai sword in their car? Yeah. Second of all, uh, did they, did they just always have ski masks? Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that how they solve problems? Like, you know, like if somebody cuts me off in traffic, like yeah. I'm just going to pull alongside them and I'm going to uh, try to murder them with a samurai sword? Yeah, man. So, but like it was so loud that I could hear like the think, think, like every Seriously. Time. Like this dude was trying to kill the person in the car. Wow. Like, he was, he was furious. Um, and they just kept going until they were out of sight. I don't know ultimately what, what happened it, to what them. What if it's like a movie being filmed and you didn't know They're, it? I mean, if it was, it was super realistic, and I did not see any camera crews. Everybody was kung fu fighting! <laughs> and I don't think they would do that because they were also, they were putting other traffic in danger. Like, the dude, like, yeah. this car was driving on the wrong side of the road, you know, parallel wow. to the van. And, like, and they were trying to, like, run them off the road. That's it was crazy, crazy, man. So, anyways. That's, and that comes on the heel of, like, the night before, like, a guy yeah. got murdered, like, yeah. a couple of blocks yeah. from my house. A guy got shot, young guy in the middle of the night. Uh, so, yeah, dude, there's a there's man. a shooting at the uh, over in our neck of the woods in Pickering. Was there the oh. Pickering Rib Fest? Four people were injured. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Anyways, so crazy. this craziness, man, it reminds me that uh, of why we're here. First we're, of all, we live in a, a broken world, man. We live in a broken world, and people need the gospel. People need Jesus, <sighs> man. But um, I'll know Golly. if we ever have like a, a rough dude. You know, we've had some rough people come to Christ and get changed. Yeah. So if we ever have a dude and and he says in his testimony, man, I remember this one time. I got so angry and I tried to murder somebody with a, a drive-by samurai sword <laughs> so attack. Stupid. I'm going to know exactly who it was. So stupid. Drive-by, drive-by samurai Jesus, attack. take my sword. So, anyways, that was, yeah. That's, samurai sword, man. That's, that my ins- boys are going to love this podcast episode. Oh, yeah. That's instantly like my favorite story. Yeah, dude. Wow. I mean, besides the people that came to Christ, obviously. But that's a- Yeah, I think that those would be better. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but the samurai sword is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Wow. All right, I'm done. I was I could keep, I was going to say some more stuff about it, but I'm just going <laughs> to You move. better just not. Move on. So, man, let's go ahead and jump into today's topic. So, we're going to be talking about small groups today. Yeah. Uh, so, small groups, you know, I was trying to think of an analogy and it, small groups are kind of like a good 
diet that yeah. you should go on, you know you need to do it, but it right. just doesn't ever seem to work out like you hoped it would. Yeah. Like we know small groups are important. We know community is important. Yeah. But for some reason, they can also be like the bane of our existence as yeah. church planters because uh, I know we're we're passionate about it. We want our people to be in community. Yeah. We want our people to commit more time, to yeah. commit more uh, just of themselves to yeah. Christ yeah. and to the church. And yet it seems so difficult to get people to do it, to have mm-hmm. consistency. Um, so I, I felt like it'd be good to talk about that. And, Absolutely. You know, like uh, we were talking beforehand where I don't want you as listeners to uh, hear us saying like, oh, me and Matt have this figured out and we've Ooh. got, we've got the, you know, the small group, you know, yeah. uh, conundrum solved because we don't. That's right. Uh, we're just trying to figure this out the same way you guys yep. are. But the purpose of what we just wanted to talk about, hey, yeah. here's what hasn't worked for us. Yeah. Here's some things that have worked. Here's what we're learning. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just uh, you know, kind of talk about maybe the biblical basis. So let's start with that. Yeah. Um, what's, why do we even do small groups, Matt? Like, cause you know, you don't see, you know, like Paul or Peter's talk about <laughs> small groups per se. Yeah. So where do we even get the idea of small groups from? I mean, for me, it's right out of Acts 2, right? I mean, you go to Acts 2, 42 through 47. You always steal my I, notes. I, I'm sorry, dude. I can't I can't help it. It's I mean, Come up with your own material, Matt. <laughs> I'm sorry. I meant Revelation 9, <laughs> and the joking. dragon will come, and they will meet in groups. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's um, I preached through the book of Acts for about um, almost two and a half years, and... Uh, you know, I, I probably would never preach through a narrative um, genre that long again. Um, but I say that to say this, looking at what the Bible actually says about community, really, I begin because I did that on the during that time, um, God was calling us into church planning. And so we had a dream to say, gosh, man, we got to get people in a community better. And um and so for for me, it's just you see it in scripture right there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's obviously other times in scripture where you see people um, coming around one another, um, especially after uh, the, the the new church launches out and and um, and you know is on mission and in, in advancing the kingdom, multiplying and all that kind of stuff. Grouping together was always a part of what they did. Yep. So I think there's tons of biblical precedents for it. Um, how it fleshes out in all of our contexts can can look very differently, but the idea is yes, you have to do it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, and that's where um, obviously I went um, after Matt stole my thunder, but that's where I boom, was. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Sorry, bro. But yeah, Acts two forty two to forty seven. Funny enough, I'm actually uh, going to be preaching out of that passage this Sunday. Um, but you know, I think uh, almost every planter, at least the guys that that I know, they long for community like that. Yeah, for we sure. see in the book of Acts, right? Because it says day by day, they were going to the temple together. Yeah. They were, you know, sharing all things in common. Yeah. They were going from house to house, right? Yeah. And so we, we long for that type of community because I think that, you know, we're passionate about Jesus. We're yeah. passionate about the kingdom of God. And, and um, <clears throat> you know, it's infectious. We want that to spread to other people. Absolutely. Um, and I also, you know, I think one of the reasons small groups are important is because it's just kind of hard to imagine having anything resembling Acts chapter two happening if you're yeah. just getting together on Sunday mornings That's right. in a, a large uh, worship gathering context. It's important. You right. and I both uh, believe right. that Absolutely. corporate gatherings are, are necessary Absolutely. and important, but 
that can't be where it stops. No, uh, no. It, it, there's got to be because like even the one and others, right? You think about all the one. Yeah, that's right. And, like, how are you going to really practice those yeah. if you don't really know yeah. people very well? How are you going to engage with one another? Even like, uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, we champion Sunday mornings. We, we, we think, it, obviously, it has value. The Bible says it has values. But, but how, how do you confess sin to one another? How do, right. you, how, do, how do you serve one another? And there's ways you can do that. Don't, well, and how um, does discipleship happen? Like we talked yeah, about, I would say, but disi- absolutely. discipleship it, like, is not preaching. That's you know, right. When yeah. you preach that, if that's your mode of discipleship, that's a problem. Yeah, you know, like that's right. That's not discipleship. I agree. So, yeah. No. So, what have been some difficulties maybe that you guys have faced in your church plant when it comes to establishing small groups? Oh man, let me let me get out the laundry list here. Yeah. I, I think for us, you know, you know this, but our listeners don't. I mean, our original vision was to come in 2012 and to say we are not going to launch until we have um, until we have X amount of groups meeting in homes around Durham region. That was our original vision, you know, and we were here for about six months and we just, gosh, man, we just ran into opposition after opposition after opposition. I don't know about our listeners context, but I know in our context here in the greater Toronto area, people are very uh, apprehensive to come into your home. Um, it's, it's a very, especially in the winter months, it's a very garage door comes open in the morning to head to work. It goes down in the afternoon. A lot of people don't know their neighbors. Um, you know, the number one idol we wrestle with here is constantly time and busyness. And so, um, probably similar to a lot of people, but we, that was our original vision. And then we had to look at our context, study our context and kind of reshape our vision a little bit. But we've tried, we tried, we've tried everything. I feel like, you know, we've, we've done, um, we've done groups where, uh, they, they've been, um, you know, more affinity based. We've done groups where it's just like, come all come any, it doesn't matter what stage of life you're in, just come, you know, we've done them regionally. We've done them, you know, uh, in just a lot of different ways. I feel like where we finally settled on, it, where we're at right now is 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 works well for us as a church, and I and I feel like our groups are are excelling right now, um, based on understanding really our context and what that looks like and doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it's similar story for us. I think. Yeah. Um. You know, we we you know we wanted to start a certain number of small groups before we, you know, launched right uh, and had Sunday morning services and quickly realized like there's a lot of resistance to that yeah. you know to gathering in homes and it definitely wasn't for lack of trying i mean we that's right know, we busted our humps we were knocking on doors sharing the gospel you busted your humps we did <laughs> um you know we even actually started a couple of bible studies that's in right. the homes of new believers yep. and they just it just didn't last yeah um and, yeah. and we had some uh you know a lot of frustration with that and so if we were still waiting to get to that you know, magic number of small groups, we still would not have launched by now. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, you know, church planning will definitely humble your ingenious plans for what you <laughs> yeah. thought was going to be. This is how we're going to, you know, take territory for the kingdom. Yeah. Uh, it can definitely uh, humble you pretty quick. Absolutely. But, um, I know some of the difficulties for us surrounding small groups have been multiplying them. Yep. Um, it's something that we want to do. We, you know, we definitely don't, just like we don't want to ha- make disciples by addition. With my multiplication, it's the mm-hmm. same thing for yeah. small groups. Um, the other difficulty has just been time, kind of like you hit on. Yeah. Uh, it's probably been my one of my biggest frustrations is yeah. uh, there are so many things competing for people's attention yeah. and their time and their allegiance. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, you come into a culture where 
Uh, you know, like I say all the time, we've got more time saving technology and features than we've ever had in the history of the world. And yet we have less time. That's right. Than we've ever had. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a frustration that you come up against a lot and it's not an easy fix. I mean, I think my, um, initial, you know, like I'm, I'm kind of a prophetically bent, right? Yeah. So I tend to just like be kind of blunt and just want to say stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so my uh, initial, you know, reaction a lot of times is I just want to go lay into people, you know, you're, you know, why are you being so, you know, unfaithful and giving all your time to all this stuff? Stop being such a loser and get into a group. But, um, seriously, that's what you want to say. Yeah, you do. You do. But you also have to be careful that you don't get bitter about it. That's Uh, right. And I think recognize that like, okay, um, you know, I need to have grace, mm-hmm. uh, towards these people cause God has grace towards me and the spirit has to do it in them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are, Matt, what are some mistakes or some common mistakes that, that planters make, or maybe some misconception misconceptions that planters have when it comes to small groups? Man, I think, I, I honestly believe this. I, I think that we look at what other, we read a book or we say like, this is what community should look like, or this is what, you know, obviously the, the Bible is the is the the roadmap for mm-hmm. us. But I, I think we say, we look at what other churches are doing or we read a book that talks about being in community and stuff. And and if it doesn't look like that, then we feel like we're failing. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, a, a common mistake I see just talking to a lot of church planners, coaching a lot of church planners, is that it's not happening as quickly as they'd like for yeah. it to happen. Yeah. Like they, they have this idea in their mind of this enormous banquet table and, you know, like, 30 people are gathered around it, confessing sin, laughing, crying. <laughs> kids are crying or kids are playing in the background, not interrupting any conversation. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's just not, it's not realistic, man. And you have to let, you have to let community sh- um, take its natural shape in your context. Yeah. Take its natural form in your context and then go from there. Mm-hmm. Like I'll give you an example. Like kids just became a huge issue with our groups. You know, like we're a church mainly of young families. And so it's like, what are we going to do with kids? And we kept trying to just say, it's okay. We want them to see. And, and you know, you're listening to this. You can push back on this. It's okay. It, again, it, this is for us, not for you necessarily. But, you know, because um, in the beginning I said, I want, I want kids involved. I want kids to be in groups. But you know what you can't do as a, as a parent? You can't really talk about something you're struggling with. If, if you got a couple there, they can't talk about hurts in their marriage. They can't do that when a seven-year-old's saying mama or daddy, you know, mm-hmm. and, and interrupting. You can't get into anything like that. And so what we've done at Fellowship Picking and Church, I have the privilege to serve is we've said, you know what, we're going to invest in this. And yeah. so we've, we've uh, starting this semester, we started compensating babysitting. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we have a process to do that. You can email us if you want to know more information. But you know, we say, let's put our money where our mouth is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we invest in Sunday morning services, right? We invest in like excellency, uh, excellence, like on websites and all that kind of stuff. If we really value community, why not invest in community? Yeah. And so for us, that's just one thing we've learned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for, for, I would say like, let, let, let community take its natural shape in your context. Yeah. As well as run its natural course. That's exactly being, yeah. being patient as well. That's right. You can't yeah. force it to happen. No. I do think that, you know, we've seen we've seen community recently in our church really start to to, to take off. Yeah, and um, 
like it's not it doesn't feel like it's as centered around myself and my wife like yeah. trying to like we're not the ones that are bringing it together yeah. every time like yeah. people are naturally connecting and a lot of that just has to do with with spiritual life like we're seeing yeah. lots of people are coming to faith in Jesus yeah. and that creates and they crave it yeah uh, and you know you look go back to that Acts 2 passage yeah. right well, part of the reason I think that community is so vibrant, it says, because the Lord was adding to their number day by day Absolutely. those who were being saved. And when you've yeah. got new spiritual life being created, I just think it yeah. injects life into the overall community. Um, Absolutely. You know, like we uh, we have this, we did an alpha course um, uh, that we just wrapped up. And just the community that developed in that group is we saw two people uh, who were lost when they came yeah. and now they are following Jesus and they've both been baptized. Uh, just the, the community that's developed just in that group was really yeah. remarkable. And it's centered around that, um, just seeing that new birth take place. Absolutely. Um, been pretty incredible. Another thing I think that I've kind of learned from experience on this one, and, and this kind of comes, it hinges off of being impatient mm-hmm. is, you know, a mistake that can be made is trying to change your structure <laughs> yeah. like over and over and over again. Yeah, man. Um, you know, being very reactive yeah. in terms of trying to address the problem. I think that um, that's a mistake that we can make. And sometimes we just got to give it time because I don't, I just find it hard to see how you're ever going to get consistency. Man. If you're always changing everything, if you don't have uniformity amongst yeah. your multiple small groups yep. in your, in your church, yeah. like then it's not going to be reproducible. I think yeah. there's got to be some uniformity and you got to say, Hey, here's, here's our plan and we're going to stick to it. Best thing that we can communicate to everybody today listening is what Jared just said. I actually just typed in uh, move with the movers, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and, and stay the course, stay the course, you know, mm-hmm. church planners, we're, we're the world's worst at saying like, man, if I just made this change or if I just did this, then we'd, we'd triple our small groups. It's not going to happen, man. I, I hate to, I hate to rain on your parade and, and break it to you. You know, the, the, the number one, the number one care, I'm convinced that the number one characteristic in church planning that church planner really needs is stick to If you would just stick to yep. the vision God's given to you, if now I'm not saying don't make changes, subtle changes as necessary, but these broad sweeping, you know, overhauls, I mean, they don't do anybody any good because mm-hmm. statistics tell us it takes anywhere between 18 months or 24 months for people to even get your vision. So if you're shifting it every other week, or every few months, you know, people don't even know what the target is anymore. Mm-hmm. And so consistent on-ramps, yep. giving people clear, consistent on-ramps, I think is very, really important. Yes, earlier what we've learned, we learned uh, clear stop and or start and stop date. So we, we have a semester-based system, you know, spring, summer, winter, fall. And, um, and understanding that, hey, listen, your summer is probably going to be a little down because we're in Canada. And in the summer months, you know, people want to get outside. They want to travel. They want to go to the cottage. And um, not not ever excusing or um, abetting ap- uh, apathy, mm-hmm. but at the same time understanding your context is what your context is, yep. and, and going with that. Yeah, we, um, uh, you know, and we're and you know what's cool is that even though Matt and I are part of the same network, like we do, like we we have different churches, you know, yeah. we have different visions, yeah. and we have different philosophies on things. Yep. And like, so we don't do semesters like that. We meet yep. year round. Um, but you know, there's also been things that I've learned, you know, the hard way. Like I, I remember first coming up here and insisting that we were going to do a small group every week. And Matt, you know, tried to tell me, brother, I just, there's a reason that, you know, we want to, and we want this Acts chapter two type of community, but, uh, it's easier said than done. And, and I tried it and, you know, I learned the hard way that Matt was right. And so but what we've done is we've developed 
try to develop rhythms That's right, uh, with yeah. our with our small groups. And so the way that looks for us is we meet every other week where we mm-hmm. do what's called the three-thirds. Um, yeah. So we spend the first third of our time just in care and accountability. Yep. Um, so, you know, just ha- how are you doing? You know, telling stories from the harvest from the week. Uh, hey, you know, how have you been abiding? How have you been sharing the gospel this week? Yeah. Then we do a new lesson. So whether that's doing a discovery Bible study or we just finished going through mingling of souls uh, with Matt Chandler with our young adult small yeah. group, yeah. Uh, which was really good. And then the last third, we spend uh, doing goal setting and yeah. talking about how we're going to apply uh, what we've learned from the scriptures that night. Yeah. Uh, so that's what we do every other week. But then on the weeks in between, once a month, uh, we uh, we just have a play night. Where we just we just hang out and do something fun. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago we went out and we played beach volleyball at yeah. the lighthouse. Just yeah. and it's it's a great we do that so that people can invite their lost friends yeah. into that who might not come to yeah, the Bible great. study, but they'll come to that. And then uh once a month we go into the harvest together. Yeah. So last night uh we went out into the harvest and yeah. I and if we had not done that, I would not have seen my drive by samurai. It's oh man. Made it worth it right there. Sovereign moment. So so those are kind of the, yeah. the rhythms that we've developed with our yeah. uh lighthouse. And that's been really cool because it kinda if you've listened to our episode, uh our, our interview with Saba Vasquez on discipleship, it, we're trying to incorporate that head hand heart. Mm-hmm. Right. So we've got the head, you know, yeah. we, we learn new lessons, but the hand when we're going yeah. out in the harvest. Uh, and then I think a bit of the heart when we're just building relationships That's with right. one another, yeah. uh, you know, when we go to play, um, yeah. you know, together. So it's, yeah. That's good, man. Yeah. We, you know, we've, we very early on, we, we did the, uh, just every week thing and, and, uh, had just a ton of inconsistency schedules and stuff like that. And then, so we went to the every other week, um, and then when you came up and, and that's, that's what you're talking about. We'd mm-hmm. gone to that and. What we do is, um, and in our we call ours life groups. And uh, my, my wife and I actually don't lead a life group. We just we participate in one now, um, which is which is good, which is healthy for us. It's uh, we we want to really pour our time and energy into leaders yep. and uh, in our church and in this network. So for us, it's it's like we get to participate, and obviously we want to model that, um, but we don't have to lead it, um, which is which is good for us. So for our life groups, we have uh, sermon based life groups, and so it, we. Whoever's preaching that Sunday, whether it's myself or you know uh, Scott Ridenauer, or we have another preacher in um, on our teaching team, as they write their sermon, they write out a discussion guide, mm-hmm. and it's based off of that sermon. Um, it, it it's an idea that that I got from um, uh, I think his name's Larry Noble, Sticky Church. Yeah, wrote that, yeah, yeah. and um, it, it, I I just like the concept of of reiterating the principles you're talking about. And so um, the, the the pushback usually is, like, well, what if the person in your life group is not there on Sunday morning? And it's a good way that we've discovered where we can say, this is what this is what you missed on Sunday, mm-hmm. and let's talk about that. And so um, for us, the the off week is uh, so our life group is about ninety minutes, um, and and we do you know we start with prayer, we do the lesson. Um, we pray for one another. We encourage one another. There's always food. There's always fellowship afterwards. People can stay and go as much or as little as they want to. So it's got good, good bones. Um, not a ton of, you know, not a ton of overstructure. Yeah. And then on the off week, we, we do what's called stages. Um, and that the three thirds process that you just described, that's essentially what every one of our discipleship meetups look like. Mm-hmm. And, um, so our groups, we want our groups to actually be on mission. So they usually have a serve project that we try to encourage them as a group to, to do, to be, whether it's being out in the heart 
harvest or serving, um, you know, one of our uh, serve partners in, in Durham or whatever it might be, might, might just be going to the park and engaging people with the gospel and picking up trash or something. Just show it, it, the, the whole point is just getting them out of mm-hmm. the home, you know, yeah. so they can go and be on mission together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We do um, our, we call our small groups, we call them lighthouses. They're really more like missional communities, yeah. um, which, you know, most, a lot of our listeners would be familiar with. With that term um, and our vision, we call 30 lights. Uh, so we, we, you know, our, our vision is to have 30 lighthouses uh, scattered throughout our city. Yeah. And each lighthouse is taking uh, responsibility for uh, the community around them to get the gospel out to everybody. Yeah. There, you know, because that, that's how we believe we're going to actually see every single person in Oshawa have an mm-hmm. opportunity to hear and respond to an invitation uh, to Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, so that's, you know, that's what we want to do. And, and, um, you know, those, those lighthouses are really like the heartbeat of what we do. Yeah. You know, I tell people all the time, I, if you had to choose between coming on Sunday morning or being uh, plugged into a lighthouse, I would rather you choose the lighthouse. Yeah. Because uh, that's where discipleship's taking place. That's where we're going on mission. We're getting out in the harvest together. Um, you know, we're, we're doing accountability, you mm-hmm. know, like making sure we're like, you know, uh, obeying Jesus yeah. and, uh, you know, applying scripture to our life and, yeah. and kind of digging down deep. So, um, yeah, man. Well, uh, let's uh, let's talk about uh, just a couple of, um, uh, I guess, concrete steps that that people could take. So for for planters who maybe that are listening and they're struggling to get traction with their small groups, what steps can they start taking this week to get out of the rut? I would make sure and say, uh, do you, if I was just sitting in front of a planter, I would say, tell tell me your vision because everything starts with a vision. Yeah. Um, so, and, and when I say vision, you know, like what, what's your mission? We've talked a little bit about that before, but you know, identify your mission. So ours is connecting our community to Jesus and one another. Um, obviously, you know, yours, and then you have to ask, you know, what's your strategy? What's your strategy to get people to that mission? Um, what, what's your, what's your, uh, what's your game plan to get people on mission, uh, mission and ours is gather group, grow, give. And, uh, so, you know, I won't unpack all that, but the second one there is group. And so we talk about it all the time. If you go to Fellowship Pickering, you know, you'll see a banner of all these and it explains it, articulates it when I'm preaching or somebody else is preaching, we point to it, you know, it starts with vision. So if a planner is having a tough time, I would say, you know, how much do you talk about it? How much do you advertise it? How much do you communicate it? Um, you know, and then how much do you, the, the, the other thing I would say is how much you celebrate it, mm-hmm. how much you celebrate. I mean, it's true. Like what, what, what gets celebrated gets, you know, uh, emphasized, repeated, um, so you have to, you have to celebrate it as well. You have to talk about it. And so, and some planners out there might be like, I've done all that and I still can't get anybody into community. And I would just say, keep doing it. Yeah. Amen. You got to keep doing it. Yeah. You got to keep on talking about it. You got to keep inviting people. Yeah. Stop being sporadic and changing this and changing that. You might hear something we talk about today and say, oh man, that's a good idea. I'm going to glean from that. And I'm going to, I'm going to make that change. You know, that's okay. As long as you're not like just throwing out you know, the, the throwing baloney at the wall and seeing what's, yeah, next. man, yeah. you just, you gotta have a, you gotta have a reason why you do what you do. There, yeah. we, there's a reason why we went to sermon based discussion guides. Yeah. You know, um, we, 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 uh, we want to see multiplication, but at the same time, like, I don't want to have to say, um, well, you know, between all our groups, you know, uh, well, I, I want to do this study, uh, study plan. I want to do this study plan. I didn't want to get into the thing where our elder board is saying like, no, you can't do that one. Or yes, you can do that or whatever, you know, and you just get into this thing. So there's a reason why I went to sermon base. It, it, it helps with multiplication for us. You know, there's a reason why you do the three thirds. It helps with multiplication. So like, mm-hmm. I think that I would say you just have to, you have to keep on 
doing, you have to keep on doing it. You have to keep it in front of people. You have to keep on prioritizing it. Mm -hmm. You have to keep on inviting people. You have to emphasize at your information table. You got to emphasize on your website. You know, you can't, you never stop talking about it. Yeah. And then I would just say this for you go, I I would say, make sure you have a clear, like clear structure. So like, I'm sorry, man. You know, I've been to some small groups before and they're, they're horrible. You show up, man, and it's like, hey, how's everybody doing? And like everybody talks for like an hour and a half mm-hmm. about nothing, about the weather, about the kids or whatever. It's like, okay, we're going to get into a Bible study. And then it's like a Bible study for like 45 minutes or whatever. And there's a dominant person in, in the group, and they control like the majority of the meeting. Nobody really else gets to talk or express thought and stuff. And so I would say make sure you have – your facilitators are trained and they know what they're doing, mm-hmm. you know, and um, coach them on that. Don't just assume they know. Yep. That's a big part of what I would say too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess, um, and, and this is kind of my marching orders kind of to, yeah. to wrap things up. First thing I would say to do is, is assess the health of your small groups and mm. be willing to downsize if necessary. Yeah. Um, that's a good don't word. Don't be afraid. Uh, man, if you if you've got you know uh, three small groups going and and they're just sporadic and they're kind of on their last breath and yeah. you're, they're on life support, man, maybe you need to cut down to two or maybe even one. Yeah. And 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 what you can even do is go, okay, we're gonna cut down and we're gonna get we're gonna get one healthy small group that is that is vibrant. Yeah. Uh, that's healthy, and I'm going to identify one person in there who I think has the ability to lead a life group and I'm going to start pouring everything yeah. I've got into them. Apprentice I'm going to, them. Yeah. I'm going to apprentice them. I'm going That's to right. teach them how to become a small group leader that leads small groups the way that we want to do yeah. it in our church. Like, so don't be afraid to prune. Don't be afraid. Sometimes, uh, you know, downsizing yeah. uh, is actually the quickest way to grow. Yeah. Uh, and that's actually what we did. We did the same church. thing. We had three and we yep. got down to two. Uh, and now we're back up to, uh, three and we're yeah. about to start or fourth. And there's another person that just came to us, uh, yeah. what, uh, wanting to start one in their home, which yeah. would be number five. So that's a good uh, word, you man. know, so community is starting to flourish, but we yeah. had to downsize before community started to, uh, to flourish for us. Yeah. Um, and then again, I said this already decide on a unified approach, right? Kinda like you, you touched on this, um, have a structure and implement it in all of your small groups. Do yeah. not just let every small group do no, whatever they want. Like, do not let, as a leader, you can't let your groups do that. Like that's, sometimes I'll hear people say, well, you know, you need to release authority and let your leaders lead. And yes, you do. But uh, that does not mean that you just have no structure and you let no. everybody do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not really releasing authority. No. Uh, that's kind of just, I, I think kind of being irresponsible it's being cavalier <laughs> honestly yeah being with cavalier. some really important things yeah. so have a unified approach so whether you're doing three thirds whether you're going to do a you know sermon based small group or, or whatever it is that you do yeah just do it and stick to it uh and then uh, i already said this last one but identify potential leaders um tell them the potential that you see into uh, seeing in them and then pour into them you know so yeah. cast vision to them if you see somebody that you think has the ability and the potential to lead a small group I just ask you, like, have you actually sat down and looked them in the eye and told them that yeah. and said, like, hey, I, I see this in you and I want to develop you. Are, are you willing to let me do that? Yeah. And I think that that can be so powerful when you speak that in the lives of people. And yeah. you may already have leaders that are just sitting dormant in your church, just ready to yeah. be awakened. Absolutely. Find time to, you know, I, I had a coffee this morning with one of our life group leaders and um, discipling him as well. But you know, I just, I love his heart. He's, he has the, he's teachable and he's humble. And, um, he actually leads 
uh, our life group now. And, but I, he was with us for a year and now he actually leads the group in another location that we attend. And, uh, you know, he was like, Hey, um, how can I improve? What, what did I do? Well, what did I, what did, what do I need to work on? What are my growth opportunities? You know, mm-hmm. and those are the kind of people you're looking for, man. Absolutely. Uh, people who, who say, you know, I would, I would say also church planner, be cautious of, I know we get desperate sometimes for leaders. Get, be cautious of somebody that comes in your church and says like, Oh, I can lead that for you. And, um, yeah. and you just saying, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You've been in the church for a long time and you can do this. And, um, it, your small groups really matter and you can, a lot of healthy things can happen obviously in small groups and a lot of unhealthy things can happen yep. in small groups right. if you're not careful. That's right. Well, man, uh, it's been good. I, I know we could probably keep talking about this topic for a long yeah. time. Go ahead. We need to go ahead and wrap it up today, though. Uh, so for our listeners, we want to thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Uh, and make sure you head over to our website. It's www.getinthetrenches.com. And you can find other episodes there. We also have blog posts that... Uh, uh, that we put up from time to time. Uh, and hey, we need your help getting the word out about In the Trenches. So if this podcast has been beneficial at all to you, if you've gleaned from it, uh, then please do us a huge favor uh, and go over to either iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher and subscribe to the podcast and then leave a written review. Uh, when you leave a written review, it increases our exposure uh, and it really helps. It'll help get this podcast into the hands of more planters so that it can benefit and bless them. And uh, that's really what we want to do is we just... Um, you know, we're, we're everyday church planners still trying to figure this out and we want to figure it out with you and, and, uh, and just walk through this together. Uh, so, Hey, we'll be back next week, next Monday for another episode. So until then go out there and get in those trenches, church planners.